Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase Podcast. Before we start this episode, we're going to again take a little time to thank a little bit of the people who helped make this show possible. First up is 2.0 Gear. Uh, it's a new brand that we just started partnering with. Uh, they make awesome uh, high-end technical uh, hunting clothes, camo. Um, and so they're based in Michigan yep. and a uh, new company. We've tested them for months. I tested them uh, in the whitetail season last year. Great Merino base layers. Yep. Great awesome Merino shells. Yep. Awesome a, new pattern. A great system for going out west, but we'll use it a ton in the, in the whitetail woods too. So really excited to work with them. 2ogear.com. Go check them out. Next up is Worldwide Trophy Adventures. Uh, it's it's an awesome, uh, basically, connection to outfitters all over the world. So as a lot of people know, good hunting ground is really hard to come by. And um, oftentimes, the best way to ensure that you're going to get in a good spot or you may, maybe you need to legally have a guide is to, to go through an outfitter. Mm -hmm. um, and so... As you might know, if you've heard us before, we've had good experiences and bad experiences with outfitters, uh, which means, you know, in order to ensure you're going to have a good experience, you have to do a ton of research. You have to talk to people. It's just a lot of messing around. Worldwide Trophy Adventures, or WTA, does a lot of this work for you at no charge. So by booking your trip through WTA, you can rest assured that you'll be in a good location with a reputable outfitter um, that they've certified and endorsed. If you're looking to book a trip of a lifetime like I am, mm -hmm. uh, just headed to a moose hunt here through WTA, you're going to want to check them out. Uh, go give them a call. Actually, I have the number right here. It's 1-800-346-8747 or check out their website at worldwidetrophyadventures.com. All right, so we love Trophy Line. They offer more than just saddles. Believe it or not, they have their own climbing sticks. They've got platforms. They've got a ton of extra packs. Gear. They've got packs. They've got everything. Knee pads. Everything that you're going to need to be a saddle hunter, they have it. So if you want to start saddle hunting this year and get into the game like everyone else and really love hunting even more, go to Trophy Line. Check it out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on that purchase. We're big bow hunters. Uh, sights, quivers, stabilizers, those kind of things are really important if you're going to have a deadly setup. Um, and so we've tried a lot of different companies in the industry and we've kind of figured out that we really like Redline gear the best. So, um, we are shooting their torch sites this yeah, year. It's Joe a, Shore, it's a really cool, one. really cool site. Very, there's a lot of good micro adjustments you can make. You mm -hmm. can customize a lot of the stuff on there really make it your own. The chargeable USB rechargeable yeah, light is really sweet. Cool. Um, and so we're huge fans of their stuff. We use them all the time. It's worth going to check them out. Uh, check out Redline. Use the promo code TFC10 for 10% off your purchase. And uh, let us know what you think. We love them. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. Love having you guys uh, comment, uh, you know, and all these things on the episodes we're having and, and turning out. So uh, appreciate all your support. Um, today we have uh, an interesting and fun guest, somebody uh, that I've followed for a little while, um, for, though I'm fairly new to you. Uh, and so, uh, you know, why don't you introduce yourself uh, first and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, thanks, James. Um, I'm Father Stephen Gadbury. I'm a Catholic priest from Arkansas. People a lot of times don't think of full-time ministry guys as you know, big hunters and outdoorsmen, but um, I am. I'm born and raised in Arkansas, grew up in the Arkansas Delta, military background before going to seminary, and uh, now I'm doing full-time ministry here in Arkansas and hunting whenever I can. I, I love it. Um, I just, I'm going to preface this conversation to let you know, I'm actually, you know, I'm a Dutch Protestant, 
And so I'm hoping we can like that. We're still cool, you know, going yeah. into this conversation, you know, there's some history, you know, a couple hundred years ago, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Mercy heals all wounds. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, um, uh, for, for people who, who maybe know of you, you know, and this is something I didn't know until, you know, just kind of preparing for this podcast, but not only are you, you know, this guy who plays the guitar and makes knives and hunts and a member of the clergy, but you were in American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Did, 2018. Did, yeah. 2018 and 2020. I did two seasons of American Ninja Warrior. I love fitness and that was just a fun outlet. And I got an invitation from a buddy of mine, Sean Bryan the the papal ninja to to, to go and do it. Well, sure let's do it <laughs> that is amazing so like i've not seen the episode how'd you how'd you do uh i fell in the water <laughs> oh you did yeah that a lot of people fall in the water yeah it's tough but even though on the course i didn't go far all the training actually helped me a lot for using my saddle and climbing trees <laughs> sure <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Well, and so you're saddle hunter, and I also saw some pictures. Not only uh, you're a bow hunter, I saw some some compound bow stuff, but you 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 pluck a little recurve string on occasion too. Yeah, this year I've really went deep into the the trad stuff, recurving longbows, and it's so fun. Just like every other hunter, you know, you get one and you say this is my last one, and then a few months later you end up with like three of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no more, no more. But it's just so fun. I just I love challenging myself. Uh, and kind of being pushed to my limits, which is kind of a theme of my life. I, I just always love learning new things and, and, and going to new extremes. And I'm not an adrenaline junkie, but I just like the challenge of, uh, I don't like, I don't like an easy life. I like to be pushed right. and hunting is, is one of those things where you never officially arrive at it. Like you can always get beat and trad archery to bring it back to your point is, is like just kind of that now my next level in the hunting evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And tra I like trad. It's just practice is so fun. Like yeah. the practice that you do, it's just, you go shoot, you can go shoot at stumps or clumps of dirt or a target or whatever. And just, you know, it's really, really fun to do. The only thing I don't like about it, I'm still learning, you know, it's, it, and this is just part of it. I talked to some of the pro guys, like it's hitting the nose with the straw. Oh, dude. Oh, that hurts so bad. It just feels like it's ripping my nose off. After a while, when it's cold too, I, 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 I went like, I, a couple of years back, I was like, I want to learn to shoot trad. So I like sold my compound bow. I'm like, if I have it, I'm going to lean on it. I want to go full bore. And I just remember some of those cold days. I'm like, I got to get out and practice. And my nose is just like chapped and raw from just <laughs> some guys will put tape on it. Yeah. I used to laugh at those guys, but I think I'm going to be one of those tape or bandaid on the nose guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause <laughs> the thing about recurve is like, the, the, it, like it's so it's cool but you don't always look cool like you got the the dorky like short brim hat you know the tape on your nose you've got you know you got weird clothes on they're wearing plaid not camo and if you're like a real trad guy so it's like it's fun but you don't always like look the coolest you know what i mean <laughs> i feel you on that uh so um so training to be a priest um so like i said i a protestant my my dad's a pastor i've got tons of pastor friends and so I understand a little bit how the, the how they do seminary, you go to college, you go to three, I think, years of um, seminary and and you, you get ordained um, eventually. I know training to become a priest is a little different. You want to like walk me through the process uh, between I'm obviously, I, you know, I, I was looking you up and you, you, you from high school, I think you went into the Air Force and then yeah. to train. Is that how that went? Yeah, correct. Correct. So when I was in the military, that was kind of my first time 
out on my own in the big world. And, um, you know, a lot of people lose their minds when they get that kind of freedom. Thankfully, like my upbringing just kept coming, coming out, like what my mom and grandparents taught me. Um, and part of that, I just, I didn't run away from God. You know, I, I grew deeper in my faith, not in some weird cheesy way, but I was just like, you know, there's so much more to life than just the worldly pleasures. And so it's like, it, it was seeking these, these ultimate pleasures, these ultimate desires, which is an ultimate joy. So that, that just leads me down a deeper relationship with God. We all want to be happy. Yeah. And, and I, if I want to be happy, I don't just want to be, I don't, I don't just want a mediocre happy. I want the ultimate happiness. And so Real. the, yeah, like the, the worldly happiness can't satisfy me. So I, I I've got to, you know, keep going deeper and deeper and deeper, which ultimately takes me to God. So, um, that led me to just get this this pulling in my heart, you know, thinking about like, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'll check out this this whole seminary thing and become a priest. We'll see. And in the Catholic Church, it's about an eight year process. I didn't have a college degree, so we had had four years of philosophy undergrad. Yeah. Um, and then after that, four years of theology. I did my undergraduate philosophy studies in in uh, Louisiana with a group of Benedictine monks, which was really really cool. And then. I studied my theology in Rome, actually at the Vatican. So, oh, cool. you kind of kind of say at headquarters, got to go over there and then yeah, HQ. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being that being in, in the in Rome and at the Vatican was really awesome, especially for this redneck boy from Arkansas. But I was glad, <laughs> I was glad to get back home. Yeah, that's uh, I don't yeah, I don't mean to brag, but so I, I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and so I am uh, Christian Reformed, and mm -hmm. so like technically like. Grand Rapids is really the Rome, the Vatican of the the CRC Church. I mean, we're we're not a big group, but you know, I know where the building is. It's not as ornate, you know, as maybe where the you know as what's going on in Rome, but it's uh, it's here. So I I do you know I'm I'm close to it, but that's cool. So you know, you're studying philosophy, which is intensive, right? It's it's not the most straightforward, easy thing to study, and then you go into seminary. For a guy who comes out of the Air Force, you're like I said, you're a guitar playing, knife making, hunting, you know, working out. Like, did you have a lot of time for that? Or, or did you, did you, were you kind of so sucked into your studies that you weren't able to get, get out too much? Yeah. During the study time, it was, it was, it was a lot of study. So I didn't, a lot of the, a lot of these hobbies are actually new hobbies that I started since I've, you know, entered into ministry. When I was in seminary, um, it was pretty much just study, eat, sleep, and, and work out. But if I had an hour or two free, I would I would always go work out. Because when I'm sitting at a desk all day, just it's like the energy just builds up and I'm like, Well I've gotta I've gotta go lift a rock or you know, yeah. rock, climb a tree or something. I just love working out now. Yeah, that's fun. No, that's that's cool. I, I asked because I um I in grad school myself I did not have a lot of chance for for stuff like that and so i remember like kind of like looking out the window like a kid kid in class you know wanting to just go play outside and uh that that builds up especially after a few years yeah um yeah so so you've kind of you've you know i, I found you on social media you, you've got a, a fairly big following you're i mean you're a, you're a um, kind of a leader of a church and you do all these things but one part of who you are is kind of a social media presence whether you like it or not um mm -hmm. So uh, that probably complicates. Is that complicated, uh, being a leader of a church and, and being on social media? Does that make it difficult, or, or how does that go for you? Uh, it's kind of kind of easy for me. So whenever I first started social media, it was probably 
2017. And I did it as a form of penance because I, <laughs> I closed my Facebook. I closed all this other stuff and I never had an Instagram account. And this was right when Instagram was kind of taken off. And I said, I'm not going to do any of it. Yeah. But then kind of in prayer, the Lord challenged me was, was like, if you want to be a, you know, if you want to be relatable, relatable to people, you need to at least kind of know what they're doing. So I was like, okay, well, I'll open a social media account. And instead of putting preachy, preachy stuff out, Bible verses and everything every day and, you know, a bunch of pictures of Jesus, which those things are good. Yeah. I heard to get a picture of him, by the way, you know, yeah. it's you know. A Polaroid. You know? Yeah. Um, I didn't want to shove that down people's throat because I've never been a, a fan of that. And true love isn't shoved down people's throat. Right. True love is always proposed. It's never imposed. So I wanted to just propose my life and the way I live my life with Christ, for example. And so what I would do is, is I would put up videos of just me working out or once I got into hunting, which is 2018 hunting stuff, or this last year making knives, I would, I would just share kind of these things. And what it did was it broke down a lot of barriers. A lot of times when we think of not only clergy people, clergymen, um, but also big leaders like, uh, you know, governors or mayors of a town or, business owners we think that they're just weirdos who don't have a life and some are mm -hmm. but yeah <laughs> but the great majority are actually pretty cool people once you right. once you hear their story that's kind of been a theme for me in ministry everybody's got a, a really cool story even the biggest like nobody in your town has a really cool story if you just yeah. sit down to them but it's often hidden and so what i i did through social media was just kind of share that hidden life um and, and so to bring it back to your question, does that take away from ministry? Not really, because it's just a little snippet of this five minutes or 10 minutes or just my regular daily life. And I just put it out there. So it's kind of yeah, the, it's another avenue. Yeah, it's just kind of the overflow of my already busy, crazy, chaotic life. Interesting. Yeah, I love that. And, and it, it does set you apart in a way, because, um, that's not everybody's approach to, to social media or, you know, if you want to be an influencer, there's, there's often, uh, a lot different motivation besides, you know, um, uh, what would you say? Not, uh, impose, but, uh, oh. propose. Oh. Yeah. Propose. Yeah. There's a lot more imposition and a lot more, um, it just seems like a lot, very, um, very selfish approach to, to social media, which to me, it seems like you go down that path, you slowly see your identity tied to what social media tells you. And, and you go yeah. down a pretty dark pack path pretty quick. Yeah. A good friend of mine just wrote a book called, his name is Luke Burgess and it's called, uh, um, it's called desire. It's on mimetic desire. And it's all about just the it's where we're living in right now and mimetic desire, basically meaning you, you want the things, what the things that you think other people want. And you know, that's, that's all that social media is. So-and-so gets this thing or that thing. And, and then you start thinking, Oh, well, I want to be like them. Therefore I need to like what they like or do what they're doing. And so, and it's just a slippery slope because then you're playing, you're just chasing, chasing your tail all day long and, and you never catch it. And that's exhausting, you know? That's a heavy burden. Yeah. 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 Well, it, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Just this whole thing of proposing, just gently opening up instead of forcing it is, I think, a powerful thing in all of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the um, going to be the most attractive. Uh, I think it maybe takes a little bit more time, but um, it is attractive. And All right. 
We're going to take a pause here real quick and just thank a few more guys and companies that help make this show possible. First up is Vortex. We can't say it enough. We love their glass. We love their binoculars, spotting scopes, range finders, their apparel. James, James is rocking a nice little hoodie here. They make awesome stuff. And if you guys are looking to make a purchase at Vortex, go over to their website and use the code TFC20 to save yourself 20% on the next purchase. That's a big, good discount. Use it. Head over there and get something. A bow makes a man. Does and, it? Yeah, that's what I was told. And we're we're big fans of, of Prime Bows. Shooting it for years. Michigan-based company. Uh, we're shooting their latest Revix series of bows. Mine's that 36 long boy. I'll generally year. take a few shots right back here and just... Yeah. Yeah, we, we're a huge fan. Smooth, uh, great balance. Um, they're, they're just go check them out. There's tons of technology. One of my favorite things that they have is their grip. Mm. Uh, space age space technology age. keeps your hand warm even when it's cold. Um, highly recommend go check out Prime Archery. Finally, Lathrop and Sons. Boots. Your feet kill animals. Like The more you walk, the more chances you have at, at getting that big buck, that big elk, moose whatever it is uh lathrop and sons have been kind of our go-to boot of choice for a while now um we've put in a lot of miles taking them all over the place there's no leaking it's comfortable stephen and james there like spent they're like foot they're they're geniuses i got messed up feet and they basically will you know you take an imprint of your foot they'll look at it look at your arch how wide it is how narrow how long and they literally build the boot around your foot so you're not going to a box store and picking up something that you hope is going to fit your boot. These things actually are tailor-made to your foot. So they're super comfortable. Mine, I could I could walk all day in them. So if, if, if you're looking to and get a have. boot. If, <laughs> I have. If you're looking for a boot that's made for you and not somebody else, go check up Lake Thurman Sons. Going back to that identity piece, it's it's something I, I've thought a lot about lately. And it's been kind of, a, I, I've got an 11-year-old daughter, <laughs> right? Uh, my wife and I have an 11-year-old. Uh, obviously, she doesn't have social media. And as long as I can prevent that and, and let her develop as, as a, the person she is, that's, that's where I hope to, to take it. But, um, you know, uh, on the flip side, your, your, your job and role as a, 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 a priest, um, I would imagine some of your parishioners, you're, you're dealing with people who maybe have felt the impact of social media. Um, have you, how, how does that look at, at daily life for you? What does that look like? Golly. First of all, all of us are, all of us are just hungry for love. We all we all want to be loved. And I don't mean that like in a mushy gushy way. Like we just want ultimate satisfaction in our in our hearts, not in a material way, but we just want a deep, longing, lasting peace down in our gut. Yeah. And so many people are anxious and restless because of this this game that they're sucked into of continually chasing some other pleasure that's not gonna not gonna please them. Now the thing about it is social media presents so much of these these temporary pleasures that won't ultimately satisfy us because it's, it's, uh, it's clickbait. It's, it's easy to consume. I, I'll, I'll, actually, I'll confess, I catch myself opening up social media and I'm scrolling through stuff from friends and then the algorithm will put things similar to what my friends post, but these people are my friends. And before long, I'm watching videos of people making traps in some swamp on how to catch fish yeah. with like Cheerios or something. And I'm like, why am I watching this? Yes. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. And then there's that aspect of just this mindless scrolling, but then also, um, social media is so full of just fake people. 
you get a snippet, which is one of the reasons I try to be intentionally vulnerable. And I'll be yeah. like guilty of it too. I, I put up some of my, my best photos and videos sometimes. Absolutely. Yep. And, but, but I think it needs to be a balance. So to bring with the, the aspect of ministry, so many people are just exhausted and worn out and lonely because they don't know who they are. They've listened to so many other voices telling them who they should be that they're just confused. And so whenever that happens, instead of trying to find solutions, you just try to numb your problem, right. which a plethora of addictions of, of all sorts. And so that's that, or you take out your frustrations and anger on your, your wife or your husband or your kids or your dog or whatever. And so a lot of my ministry is unfortunately treating trauma instead of yeah. helping people with the solution before they get which is what I'm trying to proactively do here in ministry now is instead of being, um, you know, triaging these problems when it's too late, trying to help people to teach them so that they don't get to that point to begin with, you know, formation. Yeah. yeah. yeah who are you? Who, who are you yeah. called? It, exactly. It's a deep conversation. There's so many little, little things connected to it. Yeah. No, it's, it's something that's been in my mind identity. Um, it's something that's a word that's thrown around uh, in the, the wider world, the secular world, I guess, that is um, interesting. And, and identity is, a, and, you know, when it comes to your faith is very different. Uh, and it's true. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I've just been thinking about that. It had been interested to hear your take uh, on that. Um, now, Mike, the flip side. Yeah, go ahead. With the flip side? You go ahead. No, no, keep going. Keep going. Well, Mike Irwin, he, 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 he does a lot of, he's, he's in charge of, uh, Team RWB, Red, White, and Blue, it's a military veteran thing, pretty well known. He's got a great book on solitude, and the world hungers for solitude and, and silence, which is not very easy to, well, actually, it is easy to, if you look for it, but we're afraid of it. Yeah. And to tie in with this identity thing, we don't know who the heck we are because we're afraid of ourselves and who we could potentially turn into be. The world has told us that if like the world has told us you're going to turn into a monster. That's not true. Like God has made us for greatness. If, if you live a virtuous life and, and a life of grace. And so, but that requires you to stop, be still and listen. And so, you know, so many of your listeners are hunters. You know, one of the reasons I think so many people enjoy hunting and being outdoors, even if they can't put their finger on it, is because of the silence and the solitude. They come back home with so much mental clarity. And with that clarity comes freedom. And that's what we all want. That's where we yeah. find our joy. So, yeah, the solitude seems to me, and, and I'm involved in uh, various ways of, you know, young, basically helping young men in different Bible studies or youth group or some of the things that I do um, in my in my free time. Um, but I, I do find, and I have noticed uh, an increasing difficulty to, even go to sleep in the in the quiet, mm -hmm. even at the end of the night, not have some noise going. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I've talked to my wife about it a lot. It's concerning to me uh, because you can't be alone with yourself before even going to sleep. That's, that's, that's troubling. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been heavy on my mind. And, and I totally agree with you. Hunting uh, is a, a great way to, to help someone find solitude uh, because you're also doing something really cool in the woods and you're doing all the other great stuff that goes with hunting. 
um, you know, and, and this is what I was going to bring up before. So your social media, right? Social media presence, leader of the church uh, on your social media, you, you show a lot of hunting stuff, right? You have any issues with that? Any, any people have trouble with, with your, your pastimes? Not really. There, as with all things on social media, you'll get a few barking dogs that'll come yeah. and some, a few more, you know, trolls in the comments. Initially it used to really bother me. And even still, if people make a, a comment, about it it really frustrates me I've, I've done a lot of work with robbie crow blood origins and his big thing on just educating people so what i try to do is when that comes i'll just try to give a, a sensible concise clear response to their point that they're making but the cool thing about that is that i can bring ministry side so if they say you're a monster you kill those poor deer which actually funny story i had a dream last night that i killed a bear i've never got a bear i've, I've been chasing them for so long it's time yeah I can't wait. It was a, it's a sign. good sign. Yep. So whenever they make this comment, you're a monster, you killed that innocent Bambi. I can answer the hunting question, but also as a minister, without like reading into it too much, I can kind of, I can slow down and ask myself, okay, what are they really crying? Do they yeah. want to, what is their true problem? And I can kind of answer two questions in one. And two things, it'll either defuse the situation completely or they lose their mind and just goes complete psycho. And usually at that point, I just start responding with nonsense. If they're going to play a game, I'll play the game too. Yeah, sure. Or just block them. But, it, you know, it used to, used to bother me, still can. But one of the cool things about finding that kind of resistance is that it's, back to the identity thing, it's helped me to, to, to stand more firm on, who I am and who God has made me to be. These people don't define who I am. They yeah. can say whatever they want, but that doesn't change who I am. And so yeah. a lot of times my reaction to that will actually re reveal an insecurity in my own heart. So it's an invitation mm. to, to, to go deeper and really how confident I am and who God has made me to be. So that's just burns off some of that stuff. Yeah. Win-win. So win-win situation all around. And if they're a complete loser, just block them or they, they, you know, they're proud to say, I unfollow you. Okay. Well, adios amigo. Like right. I want here anyways. <laughs> well, it's nice, you know, and what we always joke about anytime we have that on any of our posts, we're like, well, actually all these comments that they're making are driving up our, this post is getting some traction now. So you're not actually having the, the best thing would, would be to just quietly uh, unsubscribe or whatever, unfollow. <laughs> um, so life as a priest, busy. You've got a church, you've got a lot of people to look after. What's your day-to-day -day life look like? Completely unpredictable. Every day is different. Uh, so every day we'll have uh, prayer time, 30 minutes to an hour, reading scripture, writing to the saints, just history books, spirituality stuff, time in silence. Um, also, we have mass every day, which is our communal worship. So I'll do that. That's anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Lots of office and administrative work. Or the church that I'm at is, uh, we have about 10,000 people and I'm the pastor. So it's got a lot going on about 90% Hispanic. So a lot of Spanish ministry throughout the day, a lot in the evenings because of a lot of our Hispanic and Latino parishioners work long hours during the day. So they're off at night. So yeah. I do a lot evening during the day. Um, we have a school here, a preschool through eighth grade, a private school, Catholic school. And, um, I love going to that place. I'm a priest. So I'm, uh, some people may or may not know priests don't get married. So I'm a celibate. I don't have a wife. don't have a kids kind of all in on, on ministry. And so I don't have kids, but I've got this school and I just mm. see 
gosh, it's such a beautiful gift for parents with kids. We've got 200 and just about almost 215 kids. And um, they're, they're like my best little friends. They're, they're, yeah. they're fun little monsters. I mean, they can, they can, <laughs> they can stress me out. But during the day, I spend a lot of time at the school, hospital visits, counseling. It's just every, a little bit yep. of everything. Fixing water leaks, changing light bulbs, doing carpentry stuff around the church. Never ends. Whatever it takes. I, I love that little fun little monsters. I just started. So my daughter is, like I said, is 11, sixth grade. So I'm like, well, you know, you're, you're in youth group this year at, at church and started thinking like, that's a big change. Kind of like, holy cow, you know, my wife and I got talking. I was like, well, pretty soon, you know, I mean, at some point, boys are going to come sniffing around. I got to I got to get involved in these young men, life, you know, the life of these young men. So I volunteered to take on the sixth grade boy uh, youth group group right she goes to the girl side i go to the boys uh which that was my you know my like kind of background goal was just to keep an eye on the boys but i realized like they are little monsters like in a wonderful way but like at the i'd actually have it tonight and i come home exhausted because they're like goldfish kind of they're great and i love them to death but it's like a sixth grade boy and a goldfish there's not a huge difference in what's going on in their minds sometimes. I'm like, why are you doing that? I don't know. I don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah, they are, they are fun. They are, they can be disgusting too. <laughs> oh my goodness. They, the smells those kids can produce, dude, holy cow. So you, you, it sounds like you, you love, um, you know, the people and, and the service and, and things. What, what's hard? What's hard about being a, a priest? I love it. The, um, the hard part, gosh, one of the hard parts actually is, this is kind of cool. This hit me on a hunt this last October, just a couple months ago. On um, one of the reasons I love hunting so much and ministry, why they're so connected, is um, have to preface it with a little bit. So many mm-hmm. things. I've if I want to figure it out, I'll figure it out. I'll, as I said, I love making hobbies or new hobbies. And figured out how to make music, do electronic music. Now my big thing is knives, and so I'm, I'm you know perfecting that. Same thing with fitness goals. If I want to reach a particular fitness goal, more or less, if I work to it and stay disciplined, I will get to it. All that to say, if I set my mind to something, by and large, I can I can complete the task. Yeah. Hunting, uh, this is what I realized in October. I was doing everything right. There were elk, hmm. it was in, I was in Idaho. There were elk there, everything was there. I was doing it perfectly, playing the wind, hunting correctly. It was, I was glass and I was, Everything in my control was perfect. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Actually ended up losing a bull, which made me sick. But I, I had to keep going through my head and put myself in check. I wouldn't have changed anything. I right. took a good shot on a good animal at a safe distance with a, a great weapon. It was, if I was in that same situation, I wouldn't change anything. I couldn't find the bull. It's part of hunting. So with ministry, one of the hard things is I can do everything right and perfect into the book, and it doesn't guarantee a result. Hmm. A hard part for a a man brain, because we if we do all the work, we we'd like to have the surety of and the assurance of knowing that, well, my task is going to be done. Yeah. The cool thing about that is that it reminds me that. I'm not in control of a lot of stuff in my daily life. Even I think I'm in control of a lot of stuff. <laughs> we really aren't, which is the whole story of life. That's love. And love is complete surrender and vulnerability. 
um, which is terrifying, but very freeing. So that's kind of a long kind of philosophical response to say the hardest part is doing everything I can correctly and within my means, right? And still not getting the fruits of the labor that I think I should have when I want them. Eventually they come. That aspect of surrender is, is tough. Yeah, but I, I mean, it seems like the flip side of that is when you're able to surrender and maybe it's a huge burden off of you because you realize at the end of the mm. day, you do your part, the rest isn't up to you. Yeah, exactly. Pope John the Twenty Third, he was the Pope back in the um, back in the 50s and 60s. He was a country boy from Italy. He was a big, big, fat guy, um, but just a jolly, jolly guy and a hard worker on the farm when he was growing up. He had this prayer that he would pray every night. This was the Pope, like the the leader of the Catholic Church around the world. And the last prayer he would pray every night was, um, you know, basically he would say, I did my part. Good night, God. It's your church. I'm going to bed. Basically, <laughs> God, you figure out the rest. <laughs> yes. No, you know, it's, it's, I had, uh, my great grandpa would, had a similar prayer he would pray. It's like, or he would say, it's kind of a saying, it's like, work like it all depends on you. Pray like it all depends on God. And you'll kind of work your way into the right, you know, mix in between the two. Exactly. Exactly. So that surrender part is when you finally get to that point, get over the ego and all this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's pretty freeing. Yeah. So um, hunting, I, I, some of your posts, you, you did mass in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. What, tell me about that. Man, just the whole silence and solitude thing I was, I was talking about earlier. So for me, religion is a big deal. And uh, liturgical worship is sort of the conversation or the language that I use to converse with God. Yeah. Um, and so whenever I'm out there, you know, I don't stop praying. If anything, I pray even more. And so to, to, to be able to, to celebrate mass and to pray with the scriptures and and just reflect on life in nature, it's like I, I it's it's nature's cathedral is what I call it. So just, just the first church. If you think about it, you know the beginning of, of, of time script in scripture Genesis at least God creates the garden, you know the world and everything in it, the garden and Adam and Eve are there in the garden. It was the first place of encounter between you know man and God. Of course, in Genesis, there's some images of myth. So was it like, what did the garden look like? Right. We need to step back and not get caught up so so much in, well, was it an oak tree or was it a pine? How many days? Yeah. 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 That's not the point of the author of Genesis. The point is God desires to be with us. And the neat thing is that it was in the first encounter was there in nature. And so for me, there's something very primal about that, that, Mm -hmm. that sure all the from our conversation earlier, all this garbage, for example, the social media and superficiality of the world we live in, when you get out there, it's you and your thoughts and God and some stupid animal that keeps beating you every day. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's just something about praying with those most basic elements of, of life that, that is it's just refreshing. Yeah, it's, it's a great way to connect. Um, you know, I just I did a um, uh, hunt in British Columbia not that long ago. And, and some of the more profound moments of my faith walk happened. Um, I mean, there was a moment I was openly weeping on the side of a mountain by myself. You know, you, you have those moments and that's like, I'm sitting with the guide and, and the camera guy and I'm like, I'm going to go over here for a while. And I'm like, I'm like the whole time I'm like, man, I hope they don't, I hope they don't walk over. This is going to be hard to explain, you know, cause this is, uh, this has been, uh, you know, it just, you go down a path and you're, you're, you're praying and reading and, and thinking and, 
man, it's amazing. Uh, however, I will say sometimes I, I have difficulty with, um, with people like that say, I, I don't go to church. You know, the, my mount, the mountains are my church. The woods is where I go to church. And I, I, that's always bothered me, um, a little bit. And I'm not, I think it seems like they're, I mean, again, it's so important to do it and it should be something done regularly. And, and it, there's modeled by Christ and it's in the Bible all the time, but you know, part of it seems like that also, if that's your only method of, of worship, you, you are missing the point of church as well. Right. We're made for community at the most basic level of our DNA. We, it's impossible for us to exist outside of community. If you just think about that, even philosophically, our mom and dad came together and we were made. So we are the fruit of community. Hmm. And even let, let's say, well, I just love my wife or my husband so much. I only want to be with them. If you're with them long enough and assuming like you're in good health, you're going to have a baby. So you're going to make community. Yeah. That's, that's one thing. And if you just stay alone all the time, going to be a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, right. So community is a necessary part. Now we should have that private intimate, you know, relationship with with God and with other people, but it necessarily pushes us outward. And because even between two people, uh if it's if it's that love can be very selfish. I'm going to love you with everything because I know I'm going to get favors back. Yeah. Whenever you're a third person like a kid, you can say to your wife, "Honey, I love you." But Baby, I might not even like get to be with you for for a few weeks now because you've got the kid. Like, and, and, yeah. And, oh, but I'm going to still love you, and so that's the the willing to love without getting something back, just for the good of the other, and that's trinitarian love. That's that's trinitarian theology right there. It's yeah. it's it's a perfect love. You love with a perfect love for the other, for the sake of the other. You know? Yeah, so, Trinity. For for people listening, may, might not know what that means. It's the modeled in the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, their relationship with each other is the perfect, that's what you're referring to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if, even if people aren't religious, that's true in all their life. If, if, if it's just between you and one other person and you think your life is really good, it may be good, but I would challenge you to like get into community, get to know other people and it'll be terrifying because you realize that you lose some control, but that's where true freedom happens. And that's when life begins. So, yeah, yeah, don't it's it's not all about just you chasing your own pleasures. There's there's always so much more. So the woods yeah. are it's not the only thing. Yeah, I love that. No, I, I, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, so, yeah, have more hunting trips lined up this year. Are you done for the year? Like what's your when it comes to hunting? What, what are you looking at? You got trips planned for next year? What, what do you got going on? Working on a lot of that stuff right now for next year. Arkansas has one of the best whitetail seasons. We're not known as a whitetail state, um, but we have as many whitetail as we do people in the state, and over a million for the herd population are right at it. And um, the season always opens the last weekend of September and goes until the last weekend of February. We get six tags. Oh, I didn't know that. That late. Yeah. So it's usually by the end of hunting season, I'm I'm kind of ready for the break. Because yeah. I, all that to say, I plan on hunting through December, January, February, and I've got four of my six tags punched, so I've got two more. Bucks um, or does? Have you had? What you? Where are you at so far? One buck, three does. We get two bucks Ooh. of those six tags. You can be six does if you want, but you can have two bucks. So good buck, the first one. Yeah, a little eight pointer, a good Arkansas eight pointer. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He'd be maybe a hundred inches or so, which isn't doesn't seem crazy, but. Oh yeah, that's cool. Your standard 
140 inch, just a good <laughs> eight point, you know? Yeah. Uh, but so, so I'm just planning on hunting that out. Um, and then for next fall, some elk hunts out West, at least one elk hunt with, with some buddies of mine. Um, I did my first gator hunt this year. Oh, cool. And I'm planning on going back to Louisiana for, to, to, to hunt gators again. That was fun. We got two seven footers and 11 footer. Sheesh. Yeah, it was big. And that was exciting, man. You're, it's a very social hunt. You're on top of those animals. It's just, it's cool, man. And yeah, never done that. Gator hunt, elk hunt. Um, oh, I have a whitetail hunt with a really good friend of mine down in South Texas uh, after Christmas. So that'll be nice. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like, and I could be wrong, but you should probably figure out a way to get a bear tag after that dream. I mean, <laughs> it's just here and, and um, just, just haven't been able to make it happen. You, we've had, so Clay Newcomb, he's at our, Arkansas, how do you, Arkansasian, Arkansan? Yeah. Yeah. He, he shoots bears all the time. It makes it look easy. Like, you know, you got to hook up with him. Yeah, he's a pro. We're, we're, we're trying to make it work out for to, for me to get together with him. But it's, uh you know, some people just got it. Like, he's the bear whisperer. He's the, yeah. <laughs> I think he's actually, he's not like a robot because that's too, like, too modern. He, like, I don't know what you would call him, but he's some, some, ancient hunting spirit and yeah. <laughs> in a man's body he's a he's a cool guy great yes. great values great virtues hard worker that's, that's fruits of arkansas man yeah i we had him on once long time ago and what was cool about him is he was on the podcast and like he must have gone to our social media and like scrolled way down Cause like he went like a year earlier and like commented on a video of, I was shooting a raccoon out of a tree with my recurve mm-hmm. and he was giving me some props for it. I was like, yeah, he went, he took the time to really go through and, you know, find something that's something else. So no, we like clay and uh, love following him and uh, definitely represents like the great state of Arkansas pretty well, much like yourself. Yeah. We're a lot of good, good people down here. Not just the hillbillies and rednecks. Well, we are hillbillies and rednecks, but we're we're good hillbillies. That's not a bad thing. We need more of those. I'm I think proud. the world could use more. What you see is what you get. That's right. It's just straightforward. You know. Yeah, I love that. Well, um, I, I I'm gonna not take too much more of your time here. I, I very much appreciate you taking um, time out of your busy day to to just spend some time with me and and our listeners here. Uh, but for for people that want to check you out, um, follow along and, and the things that you're up to and and some of the the message uh, messages that you're putting out. Um, where can they do that? Yeah, Instagram is probably the best place, you know, unless they shut me down on that platform. But uh, <laughs> Father Stephen J. Gadbury, Stephen with a PH, all spelled out. Father Stephen J. Gadbury, you can go check me out there for just kind of my daily life. Perfect. Well, thank you everybody for listening in, uh, Father. Thanks uh, for for taking the time today, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon. Thanks, James. I appreciate it. Our- hey, everybody. Thanks. For listening to this episode we really do appreciate it if you want to go on to any kind of social media platform give us a like share subscribe you know it really help us out keeps the train rolling and if you guys really like what you're listening here give us a five either star way if, even if you don't like it even if you don't like review. it five stars That'd helps cool. everyone out we'll see you out there